ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 102 of the Whatever Show. Uh, we've got a doozy. Uh, we've, I think we say that at the top of all these shows now, but we've, we've got a lot of stuff going on this week. The hits just keep on coming. They do. They do. Um, we have a lot. You know, I think we actually are becoming America's favorite political podcast at this point. Um, I, I think we, we did start this to talk about politics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. um, I mean, I can tell you uh, for a fact that uh, my microphone has actually forced me to fillet it before we start the show now. So yeah, um, it's kind of holding the show hostage unless I perform it or perform favors on it. And you're like, well, that's weird um, that that you would talk about that, but it's not going to be because we actually have some tie-ins actually here into the nerdery section um, that also ties into current events, like with the whole Weinstein shit, like that. And your your microphone at this point may just be trying to fit in like um it heard what what's kind of going on in hollywood and it's just like well i guess that's what we do now uh is we just exert power over people so they'll perform sexual favors for us um so yeah we're gonna talk about all of that kind of stuff uh we got some more russian ties to the trump administration um because you know that was a very big you know open secret apparently yeah Uh, there's a question mark about whether or not that was legit yeah, I mean, we've got a rumor that I think has uh, already been dashed about Disneyland or Disney possibly talking about buying 21st Century Fox. We're still going to talk about it because there's a couple of cool ideas in there, uh, notably you know picking up X Men if that happened. Um, Star Wars, a couple of uh, big pieces of Star Wars coming, uh, Star Wars news coming to you this week. Uh, Ryan Johnson's future with the Star Wars universe, I think, is probably the big one here. And we got a whole bunch of DC this week, too. Um, we may also briefly talk about uh, shows. Are you caught up on Arrow, Flash, um, etc.? I'm only caught up on The Flash. Yeah, I think I just finally caught up on Arrow. Um, so, yeah, whatever. I'm All trying right. to figure out a good way to watch those shows without, you know, Andrew Kreisberg getting my money. So, Ooh, yeah. that That is a big part. So, um, yeah, let's, let's get to it. All right, so let's burn through this first one really quick um, because this isn't going to surprise anybody. But it turns out there are more Russian ties to uh, the Trump administration. Um, they they just keep kind of popping up because I think at this point uh, the ties are such that um, th- you know you could weave a sweater out of it. Yeah, uh, it, it looks it, it basically looks like the independent investigation has uncovered a paper trail, money trail that follows um, uh, Wilbur Ross, Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross's. Um, finances all the way back to uh an offshore account that's linked directly with putin's inner circle yeah and then this next thing you put in here you're gonna have to explain to me uh double the characters double the tantrums yeah because now now uh potus has 280 characters with which to throw fits oh great yeah i was so happy about that um for a brief moment in time last week uh uh an errant Twitter employee accidentally, uh, quote unquote, accidentally delete, um, uh, deleted Donald Trump's Twitter account. And I was like, well, I, I may actually have to start respecting Twitter, um, because I thought for a second they, they decided to put a stop to this, uh, um, you know, farce where, where Donald Trump isn't violating their terms of service like every five seconds. Um, and they were going to actually notably ban him and do something about, you know, the rampant, uh, trolling and abuse patterns that happen on Twitter all the time. Uh, but no, it was just a quote unquote accident that probably really wasn't an accident and his Twitter account was right back up. And unfortunately, um, with 280. Although, Pro tip, if you are a tweetbot or Twitterific user, um, you can now optionally turn on a length limit for tweets. So if you don't want to see 280, uh, you can uh, do that. Um, I'm sure that's probably not going to be exclusive to those clients. Uh, uh, so if you're not on iOS or you don't use that particular client, um, uh, you can do that, hopefully. I, I'm not against the move to 280 versus 140. 
Um, in fact, there's been several times where like I've wanted to do stuff on the show Twitter and it's just like, I can't think of a good way to word this without getting cut off and having to do two, two tweets, which I hate fucking doing. Yeah. Um, so the 280 is just, it makes it a little bit nicer for me because I can actually kind of get out those extra few words that see make like, my tweet mean something completely different. I gotta say though, like to me, part of the draw to Twitter is the, the forced brevity. Like, I, I do sometimes spend a lot longer crafting a tweet. Like it's actually kind of a little bit of a, um, a wordsmithing gymnastics for me each week to get a summary tweeted out um, that'll fit in Twitter's, you know, 140 character limit. So that part I'm a little happier about, you know, because there's a lot of times where if I could just have 142, um, it would be fine. Right. Um, but but I don't know that going to 280, like doubling the length, I, I don't think they necessarily should have done that. Hey, here's my thing, uh, man. Because, I, hate, like, I hate text speak. Like yeah. text speak. And so like, well, no, that's the thing. Like th- that's my, my favorite a- accounts are ones that are able to do, uh, that are able to tweet within the limit without fucking that all up. And so like the same thing, I never tweet like in a tweet. I never, you know, tweet the, the, the weird text shit. So it, 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 it honestly took me several years to finally use LOL in a, in a text message. Same. And, uh, it's, it's just one of those things where that's like, that's, that's the closest I get. Like you're never ever going to see me tweet. Uh, you're with just a U and an R. Yeah. It's not no, going to happen. I, I automatically assume everybody that's ever tweeted that is like 12. And, and so like the whole Twitter 140 thing, sometimes I'm just like, man, if I, if I were to do this, I could probably cram all this in, but yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have an education for a reason. Like, let me use it. Yeah. So I don't know though. There, there are, you know, Twitter, you, you wield a, um, inordinate amount of power these days. Um, you know, mostly because we have such massive figures and, and now our POTUS, uh, apparently communicates primarily through Twitter whenever he decides to make a decision. Um, you know, so transgender military ban, for example, that gets made, uh, on Twitter. Um, when we kind of casually threaten war with a, a North Korea, um, that happens on Twitter. Also, um, when he says he's not going to do something that he does the very next day, that happens on Twitter as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know that it's the best move uh, to give Donald Trump uh, more of a platform to be a douche uh, because he seems to be doing just fine with with just the 140. Well, he's also not opposed to sending out five tweets to to send out a rant either. See, so it I doesn't think, really do any. It, I mean, I don't think it does harm. I think or, I think this is probably the, the case. I think they were like they just got sick and tired of trying to watch Donald Trump learn how to thread. Um, so they were just like, we gotta, we gotta lengthen this up because I can't sit here and watch one tweet come in with dot, 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 and then wait the next five minutes to get the second one, dot, dot, dot. That's not even properly threaded. So, yeah. um, jeez. Anyway. Um, uh, let's save this next one for last because we'll probably spend some time on that. Okay. Well, I think we're going to, th- this whole section kind of ties together. So it's kind of a weird one. It, um, it does, but hers is a little bit different of a case. And yeah, man, true. I have a lot of lewd things to say about it. So let's. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least okay. I'm honest, guys. So, I'm honest like Louis C.K., motherfucker. Yeah, so honestly, uh, did, you know, Matt actually just pulled his cock out right here and made me watch him jerk off, so he's not lying. Uh, um, okay, so anyway, that's not in the show notes this week, but Louis C.K. came out this week um, saying, uh, yeah, I've been accused of doing this sexual shit to a bunch of different women, and yeah, totally did. He's uh, like, yeah, totally did it. Um, yeah, uh, my bad. Probably shouldn't have. Yeah, like, so the... the um, still, still a better answer than than uh the one we got from uh spacey spacey yeah, yeah he did not conclude with and i choose to live my life as a gay man um so um nor did george decay no <laughs> he should have actually he should have come out and just like been like um yeah i don't know what they're talking about and i uh choose to live my life as a gay man uh because that would have been topical and, and, and on brand for him but yeah. yeah anyway um 
So we got two. So Louis C.K. not in the news. It's not really directly related to a lot of the stuff we talked I mean, about. He's in but, the news, but we didn't put him in the show notes. Uh, yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, but he is in the news this week because he's a, you know the, the one of the latest in a, in a line of people to fall from this. And and, and I'm gonna say in and not not I'm not defending Louis C.K. because there's no defense for for oh, no, what he for did. Sure not. Um, but I will say that the way that he's chosen to acknowledge it and own it has been refreshing as compared to what we've seen in recent past. Um, i.e., Kevin Spacey. Uh, Spacey and even Weinstein's, Weinstein's, uh, fucking whatever he did, you know. Didn't Weinstein come out and be like, well, I guess I have a problem. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, it, it's just like, it's on a different level. Like, one of the things that, uh, Louis C.K. has been is unfailingly honest. And, like, that's a thing that people like about his comedy, um, is that it is very honest and it turns out even more honest than you probably realized, um, in, in kind of a gross way now. Um, and so it, it, I, I liked that his, his response to this was, you know, essentially, nope, yep, I fucked up. That's wrong. I realize that what I did now is wrong. Uh, but I also don't think that's a get out of jail free card. You know, like, uh, I don't, you know, there isn't like a, you don't commit a murder and you're like, oh, yeah, I did I mean, totally kill that guy and it's not cool. It, uh, it I didn't turns know it wasn't out, cool, but it's not it, cool. It turns now. out I didn't realize I was abusing my power over this person when I killed them. And yeah, yeah. no, I think somewhere in Southern California, Dane Cook's sitting back going, might have a career again <laughs> he's like surely enough people um but i find it really hard to believe dan cook is not a douche in some way we haven't found out yet um i don't know i don't know yeah um, um so uh, at least when he says things like it ain't gonna suck itself it's you know and on camera yeah uh so Lucy k coming out uh uh one of the latest um george takai actually accused Takei. George Takei. It rhymes with gay. That's how you. That's how you remember it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. George Takei uh, accused of groping former model in 1981. Oh my. Oh my. Yeah, the jokes about this one write themselves. Uh, so this, however, uh, Takei has come out and said essentially, I don't know what this is at all. Like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so this is complete f- d- full denial, and he even went so far as a little bit to say like, uh, this is a hit. You know, like they're they're trying to take me down because I'm a prominent voice against uh, um, all of these types of things. So, dude, it, it, I mean, this guy has obviously been bought and paid for by Kevin Spacey because TK has been super vocal about how wrong See, that, Spacey that, has been. That's in the, his that would be statements. the other weird thing if this does because uh, I'm not willing to. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know this. So this is like it, it, it doesn't seem. Like, Takei's uh, a guy that far from- typically would fall under, you know, like, quote-unquote, my team. Um, and I'm not willing to just blindly give him the benefit of the doubt even any, any more than I'm giving anybody else the benefit of the I doubt. I don't think afford one. to, but... Yeah, but th- that would be really something else if um, it turns out this is true, because, yeah, Takei has been very vocally anti all of this. So This is this is one that I have a hard time swallowing, and maybe, you know... So did that guy. Um, no. oh. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Um, yeah. So, to accused of groping a former model. Um, yeah. And here's another one that hits close to home uh, for us. Andrew Kreisberg, uh, who, for the CW, big time EP for multiple shows, uh, yep. i.e. Supergirl, The Flash. Showrunner, I think, on The Flash for quite a while. And Supergirl. Yeah, and Supergirl. Yeah. So, um, Kreisberg coming out, uh, or not really coming out, 19 different sources accused him of this type of behavior. Um, all over the sets of uh, many of these shows. So it'd be, so here's the thing with this. Um, another thing that I, I don't think that we're fully thinking through the consequences of is that, um, a lot of these guys have had their careers ruined in short order. And don't get me wrong. So far, it seems like they all pretty much deserve it. Uh, 
But, um, you know, we, we do have a very, uh, you know, like we're convicting people in the court of public opinion with very real, very lasting effects to, uh, their career and well-being. And like I said, so far, it seems like, well, yeah, and they, they're all totally deserving out of it, of it. But I am kind of waiting for, you know, like if Decay turns out to be the first one where the, it's like a deliberate hit, um, that would be, uh, you know, something that's unsurprising. Um, because I think people are going to quickly realize the power that this sort of behavior has. That said, um, I do think we kind of have to, you know, the, the problem in the past has been that, um, nobody's going to believe the victims. And that's one of the reasons why this is, uh, propagated so long. So anyway, fine. It's, it's a tightrope. We're going to be walking for a little while in, in this. So, you know, I kind of, when I hear these things, like when I hear 19 sources, um, like that's like, okay, well, yeah, this guy almost certainly, you know, um, yeah, it's amazing to me. I'm going to pull this one from the DC section too, because it's, it's, it's actually very much related to the same thing with Gal Gadot, yeah. um, saying that she's out as Wonder Woman, basically, if they don't get rid of Ratner. Yeah. So, um, so. Uh, Ellen Page, Ellen Page, uh, posted mm-hmm. on Facebook this week. Um, basically, uh, outing Ratner is another one of these guys. And he, he's actually a name that in discussing this, like there's been several different, you know, Reddit threads and it's been all over the internet and people are wondering, you know, what other open secrets are there? Cause it seems like everybody knew about Weinstein before, um, that finally blew up in his face and everybody knew about Spacey. I mean, there's fucking jokes on, on Family Guy for Christ's sake. Um, because literally everybody knows about this apparently. And another name that got tossed out very quickly in that realm of things was, um, Ratner. Um, so this is sort of unsurprising to see that it, it um, Ellen Page coming out against Ratner like this. And now this this rumor, um, Ellen Page, by the way, who has been cast to star in the new Umbrella Academy uh, series that Netflix is producing based hmm. on the comic book line written by Brian Gerard Way. Gerard Way. Okay. Yeah. I was like, well, we got some Brian Michael Bendis rumors. Uh, well, not rumors, but some we stuff. To talk I about. just couldn't pass up the, yeah. the the plug opportunity when you mentioned Ellen Page. So yeah. So. Um, so Ratner is, is another one where it's like, you know, that, that one I'm not surprised by at all. And it's, it, that one doesn't feel like a hit, you know, where, where I, rumor actually has it that Ellen Page ended up having to come out as, as being a lesbian because of comments that Ratner made to the public and whatnot that yeah. it wasn't really his news to share. But then once it happened, like no, she, she kind of had to she, run with it. It's so. in the Facebook post. She, yeah. she's, she was reasonably upset that, um, um, Ratner essentially added her like that's not something you get to do um you don't get to out other people that's that's not right. you know um so yeah that 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 I don't know lots of shitty news this week but uh Christberg Christberg rather um it's gonna be hard you know like honestly I'm gonna be watching the Flash with sort of a different light this next week um <laughs> and the thing here is like I I gotta feel I gotta wonder and and maybe can't help but feel uh some kind of uh. Uh, pity for uh kevin smith too because he's he just went through this whole thing with weinstein um and he's he's been talking about you know going up to vancouver and, and directing episodes of the flash directing, directing episodes of supergirl over the last several years he's done multiple yeah. episodes now um and he'd been singing the praises of, of christberg for a few years and i can't imagine after the whole weinstein thing that this is probably just you know pouring salt on an open wound yeah for sure um, but you know, this is another one where like you want to kind of give Takei the benefit of the doubt. Like the, the big difference between all of these guys so far is that, uh, you know, Takei has been accused by one person. Um, whereas these other guys have multiples like, uh, Kreisberg, Kreisberg with 19 sources 
uh, um, essentially making this accusation. Um, uh, Louis C.K. with, you know, five different women, uh, uh, making these accusations. Spacey with, I mean, starting with a very prominent. Uh, Got one, um, one accusation from, uh, Anthony Rapp, and then, and then all of a sudden there's other people that maybe not necessarily work, you know? identifying themselves, but definitely people have been like, yeah, yeah, he did that to me too. But see, that, that's another thing too here is, um, Anthony Rapp coming out and saying it. He doesn't benefit from that. Like, um, no, in fact, actually, the thing is, like, is the with most Anthony Rapp, it's, it's, it's actually probably really horrible timing for him since he's actually a very prominent part of Star Trek Discovery and probably doesn't need the negative press associated with this. Right. Yeah. The, the very, so. the very cynical take on this for, you know, people defending this, uh, defending these people, you know, if there's somebody out there defending Spacey or Weinstein or something like that, then they're saying some bullshit like, oh, they're just doing this to get famous. They're just doing this, you know, like, you know, when you see somebody like Anthony Rapp come out, like that, he doesn't need that. Like there, there's no, there's nothing good for him that this does. Um, th- this is, you know, almost a sacrifice uh, right. for him in even doing it. So that's another thing we'd like to consider when this is, um, you know, we got one person who does stand to benefit from the notoriety, uh, coming out, out against Takei. Um, so that, that, you know, again, I'm not saying that Takei didn't do this and I'm not going to give him a pass on this. And I will be watching very closely over the next few days to see if more people come forward or if, um, you know, th- there's other corroborating sources on this. But I, I do think that that's something to be, you know, cautious of going forward is, uh, um, there, there's obviously a lot of, uh, dominoes falling here and it, it we cannot just, you know, what kind of disgusts me about you have this, to though, think a is little bit critically about the, all of this stuff. The thing that disgusts me about this more, more than than well, not more than anything, but one of the things that disgusts me about it in particular is that we seem to be paying a lot of attention to all these Hollywood figures that 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 have been outed recently as as being sexual predators. Meanwhile, more than more than one, there's been at least two women that have come forward and accused George Bush Senior. Um, of touching them inappropriately while in his wheelchair and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, his his people made a statement, was like, yeah, he uh, he did something inappropriate. Sorry, guys. And, like, no press coverage. Like, there's been almost no media coverage about it. Yeah, so that's another interesting aspect of this, too, is that um, this phenomenon is not limited to Hollywood. In fact, for Christ's sake, we have a, a president who almost certainly... Uh, um, he's admitted to these behaviors. Yeah, he's admitted to these exact sorts of behaviors, and we elected him anyway. Um, and so th- this isn't really something that's limited to Hollywood. This is uh, something where um, you, know, you have uh, um, somebody that holds direct power over another person, mm-hmm. and that's just all over the place. Like, there's been... Uh, uh, I'm sure there's, there's many, many women out there who can relate similar instances, only it wasn't their... Um, you know, it wasn't a director. It was uh, the guy, the head sales guy or, you know, something along those lines yeah. uh, or, you know, CEO, marketing director, whatever. You know, there's there's just um, it's, it's mainly to do with, you know, people who have power over the others over others and who will use that to do shitty things. Um, so the Hollywood, I think, is taking um, sucking up the oxygen in the room on this topic because um, it is prominent. These are names that everybody knows. Um, these are uh Hollywood covering itself a lot of the time is, is another thing that amplifies this sort of thing. Um, but I think that generally speaking, um, the, this whole thing has come about, like, I, it would really be surprising if some of the reason why people aren't suddenly speaking out is because that Trump is again serving as a cautionary tale. Like nobody, you know, we let him have a pass on this and now look where we're at. And so I think we're seeing more of that now where it's like, no, we, we, we have to stop this. Like we have to put a stop to these types of things. Well, and it's funny and it's because not by letting you, people have, you a have pass. your Sean Hannity's of the world that are, that are, are like, literally they're like, Oh, 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 you guys cried foul about, about our president. And now look what's happening. Now you guys are doing it too. And here's the point. It doesn't make it okay. Yeah. So the thing is, though, um, 
you know, like the Democrats are going to do this. Republicans are going to do this. The difference is in the reaction of it. Yeah. I, you know, like uh, uh, Democrats are actively shunning these sorts of behaviors and saying, you know, like we cannot tolerate that. I'm not coming on the show and saying like, oh, well, I really like Spacian because he's a prominent figure in the Democratic Party or whatever. I mean, um, I really liked him in House of Cards. So I think all of his victims are liars. Yeah, like Nobody's we're not that. doing that. Whereas you got the whole Roy Moore in Alabama thing where people are now actively, you know, like you have Breitbart and Fox News and other Republicans coming out and saying like the one that took my breath away was like, uh, yeah, well, even if he did do this, it's still better than electing a Democrat. And I'm like, no, that's no, not going to no, be the no, case. That's like, not true like if I had a, if I had a, a Trump stand in Democratic candidate, um, there's a 0% chance that I would ever, uh, um, endorse that candidate over a Republican just simply because uh, they were it was a Republican versus Democrat thing. So, you know, that's a thing to think about when you're talking about like, uh, you know, the party of family values and uh, good ethical Christian behavior and stuff like that. Uh, endorsing pedophilia or well, pedophiles really um, because they want to win. Uh, letting Trump get to office in spite of being a uh, unbelievably large scumbag um, that, you know, is entirely common knowledge at this point and trying to write that off. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts actually this week, uh, Love It or Leave It. It might have been Pod Save America, one of the two, um, because they're both the same thing, kind of, uh, same, you know, production company. Uh, they did, they did, they, they played a game this week called, uh, Ryan versus Ryan, and it was Paul Ryan's statements about Obama and Paul Ryan's statements about Trump. And you, your job was to figure out which was about which, you know, so like he'd say something about Obama, uh, and, uh, say something about Trump, and you, you had to figure out whether or not, um, the thing he was saying, you know, was about which president. Um, and so that was an interesting sort of thing because you can see how quickly, uh, Ryan, um, uh, and notably in many ways flipped. And it was kind of interesting in the ways that it was entirely topical. Like he was talking about, you know, this president's week on Russia and I can't believe what they're doing with them. Uh, and of course he's talking about Obama, um, and not Trump. Uh, so it's, it's well, interesting. And it's, and it's also to... strange to me that he, he had some really, really scathing, uh, tweets about Hillary's emails too, but then it turns out he's got a private email server. So, well, and like the entire West wing does right now, because yeah. that's come out like, again, it, it was a, a, a campaign ending thing for Hillary to have a private email server when literally the entire Trump staff does it. Uh, no big deal. Um, so there's that aspect of things. And don't get me wrong. Like this isn't a, that even isn't really a Republican Democrat thing. Uh, Democrats, people just in generally, in general want to rationalize for their team. And I think that that's bad for democracy as a whole. And we really kind of be, need to be introspective about that. The problem is, is that, uh, the people I'm, I'm hearing listening to this that are going to take this advice are not the people who need it the most. Um, right. so yeah. Anyway. So, uh, we have some fashion news as well. Um, Smallville's Allison Mack. Uh, has her own brand. And if you want to wear Allison Mack's brand, uh, all you have to do is join her sex cult and they will hold you down and burn it onto your skin. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the best segue I can possibly think of for doing this. When we say brand, we're, we're, we're talking literally like a cattle fucking brand. Like you, you get branded, um, with, uh, apparently her and, uh, the, the leader of some sex cults initials, essentially. Um, um yeah. And so yeah, Allison Mack is, as you may have known, um, or if you listen to the show, we've talked about it a few times. Um, played Chloe, uh, Chloe Sullivan on Smallville for ten fucking years. Yeah, a show which we were both big fans of. Um, and I mean, Chloe I'm still Sullivan, a big fan of the show, but yeah, and, and of course, Allison Mack, we were big fans of. I would even say, like, yeah. um, she was kind of one of the breakouts, I think, from that. Um, they wrote her into the comic book canon because of her character on that show. Yeah, because she was she was really good on the show. Um, she you know started the whole you know blonde super hacker trope. Uh, unfortunately, um, uh, yeah, I think Felicity kind of owes everything uh, that she has to Chloe Sullivan. Although yep. I think. Chloe's text speak might have been better. Yeah. Only tangentially. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, or marginally. That's the wrong word. Yeah, so marginally anyway, better. But um, I, I, again, warning: uh, this the, the link I have here kids. is from the Daily Mail. Uh, however, it does seem to be uh, at least loosely corroborated. Um, uh, I've read it from multiple sources now. So yeah. So um, my bad for picking a Daily Mail link to actually stick in the show notes, and I would. It is quite graphic one, but... too, by the way. The link uh, shows actually some of the brands and things yeah. like that. So um, be warned. Yeah. So. Yeah, don't meet your heroes. Uh, it turns out everybody who's ever worked in Hollywood is probably fucked up in some way. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, this is another sort of depressing piece of news because I was like, Chloe Sullivan's sex cult, you know, where do I sign up for that? And then it's like, oh, wait, nope, that's not actually... This is not the direction we want to go. No. Yeah. I, 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 I thought we were talking about something else. Uh, no, this is, this is the bad kind. This is the cult, you know, em- emphasis on the cult part here, I think, is the thing. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, if it was just auditions to be her sex slave... I'm totally there. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's talk about Disney. Yeah. Um, We got kind of a lot of weird Disney news this week. Um, So the first one, it seems like has already fallen through, but uh, Disney was reportedly in talks to buy most of 21st Century Fox. Um, This is notable because it would have brought some of our favorite Marvel characters back under the same banner. So X-Men, of course, is owned by 21st Century Fox. Uh, Disney, of course, owns Marvel, uh, the cinematic universe. And so um, Deadpool It would have been interesting to see Deadpool under the Disney banner. Yeah, we could have, well, that would have been interesting if they would have even done that. I, they, I, they wouldn't have, you know, that would have been an offshoot. Like they wouldn't have, I, I, uh, Disney would have, the Disney moniker would have come nowhere near Deadpool, I think, if that was the case. Dude, it would be amazing, though, just to see him, like, pop up and break the fourth wall during an Avengers movie. Like, he's not oh, even God, in the movie, yes. but just all of a sudden he's like, hey, boys and girls. Like, <laughs> do you like that popcorn? Yeah. yeah. Uh, see, that's the thing that I think is really going to be missing here, too, is, like, uh, I was going to be really excited. Like, Deadpool, Spidey, Adventures, for example, are some of sure, the best Deadpool stuff. and Cable. We're getting Cable Deadpool now. Deadpool so, Cable. You know, and, that, that's still a thing that, that's going to happen. Um, but... And, and you know Deadpool Wolverine like that's a that's a match that I miss I miss and I I hope happens at some point. Um, Here's the deal: the, they say this deal is dead. Um, the the thing is though is the the deal between Disney and and Sony for rights to Spider Man died six times before they finally sat down and came to an agreement. Dude, so deals like this don't really die um, because like this isn't like um, like Disney could be like, well, I fucked your mom. And, and as long as you gave Fox enough money, Fox would still be like, well, yeah, thank you, sir. And then uh, yeah, have another. Yeah, please. Um, and they would totally sell all these characters back. Um, and that wouldn't be a big deal. Um, or rather they'd go through the deal uh, because that's just not how Hollywood well, works. And especially not in these sums of money we're talking about. Here's, so. here's the thing. Fox, I think is, is starting to realize that, um, they're never going to make money off their film division. Like they're not making good films for one. Um, well, they're making films that are okay. Sometimes it's not that they're not going to make money. I think. I think a little bit of it is like, um, well, we own Fantastic Four and we own X Men, and so why aren't we getting all this juice that you know Marvel's getting? You know, like I, th- I think it's becoming producing. like a yeah. I think it's becoming um sort of self-introspective for them in that they know that they can't produce what they they could and so it may be better in the long term for the just to get bought out and so i I, you know in this case as much as i don't think that disney needs any more power and and more you know control over everything um it would be exciting to see this if nothing else because the films and stuff like we can get out of well bringing the marvel family back home fox as a broadcasting entity would still actually exist because um there's rules uh, in terms of like how many broadcast channels you can have, Disney owns ABC, yeah. which is a major network, so they couldn't actually take the Fox network as well. Um, it's anti-competitive, so that wouldn't be a thing. Uh, Fox mostly wants to uh, stay focused on their um, news and sports, I guess. 
Um, And actually, one of the only reasons the sports channels that Fox owns weren't kind of included in this package deal was because Disney also owns ESPN. And like, it's how do you how do you roll all that stuff into into one thing? So they'd for sure end up with a monopoly of it. Yeah. So 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 Fox, the Fox entity would have retained uh, Fox News, Fox Business, the Fox Sports and the Fox Broadcast Network. Yeah. Um, Whereas the rights to the film and television uh, properties would have gone uh, with Marvel. Uh, at least as I understand the deal that didn't happen. Um, I don't, I think, pay attention guys, cause I don't think this is done. Um, and honestly, this is, like Eddie was saying, we're not generally a fan of giant conglomerates, but this is one move that I can see would actually be beneficial to both parties because Fox wants to move this stuff and well, Disney would like to get this stuff back. And it honestly makes sense for Fox to do it because if they don't produce on the Fantastic Four side, at least anytime soon, like the rights revert back to Marvel anyway. So yeah. they might as well make money off of it than not. So, yeah, I mean, it'd be beneficial for them. I still remain like, uh, you know, they're, Disney's already just a behemoth. Like, Disney doesn't really need any more power. And I don't think it's good in the long term for the consumer if Disney does have any more power. Like, just talking about, like, um, keeping away, you know, we are getting close to a world where... Um, you have Comcast and Disney, and those are the only competitors in this space. Um, so, you know, like if they bought Fox, you've got Disney and, and Comcast, and then you've got um, CBS, which is a Viacom, really. So you've got really three major companies, uh, and that's not a good place for the consumer to be in. We sort of have the same thing in the cell phone market. I mean, technically, there are four major competitors for the cell phone market, um, and even that's not working out well. Um, this is funny, I've, and I've talked about this before. Um Disney with their streaming service that they're that they're getting ready to launch. Uh, the, the Fox move was apparently also to bolster that because they that would have added more. Twenty um, first Century Fox has a back catalog. Like if yeah. they could get that on onto a streaming service. Um, Did you throw the Simpsons on the Disney branded streaming service? That's a lot. The money. Simpsons will sell some subs. Like I, I, I'd almost guarantee there are people who would buy just for that. Yeah. Um, otherwise, this thing wouldn't have gone for something like you know thirty fucking seasons or whatever. Well, it is. FX has their Simpsons uh, streaming available. Like you can log in if you have a, the FXX channel or whatever. Like you can log in to Simpsons World. The problem is, is there's not a good app for it. Like yeah. I can't, I can't download an app on my PlayStation or add an app to uh, my Apple TV or whatever. To, to just go and select episodes of The Simpsons. So it's not a, it's not a, um, practical thing to do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you throw that shit on, on Disney's branded streaming service and, and you're making money instantly. So, yeah. So anyway, uh, before you get too big of a nerd boner about this, um, take a cold shower because it may not be a good thing in the long term for consumers. And in this case, the, the deal is apparently dead. We, so. we really have worked ourselves into a situation where like, it used to be like, we'd look at our cable bill and like, God damn it. I only watched like three channels. How come I can't just pay for those all a cart? And now like we're getting to a, a situation where it's like, well, you probably can, but. It's is not going to be. Is better it going to be yeah. any 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 less money? So yeah, I mean, just you know, between the major ser- streaming services you have, you've got Amazon Prime, you've got um, Netflix, of course, you've got the CBS All Access thing, you've got Hulu, you've got HBO Go, you've got um, if you're into sports, you know, you can do MLB's thing. Um, uh, shit, I don't think does NBA have anything like that I yet. Don't I don't think so. And NFL is pretty much uh, if um, NFL has Sunday Ticket through DirecTV, which is an exclusive yeah. for DirecTV. So if you pay for that, then you watch any of the NFL games that you want. Yeah, so we we are getting to a place where you can get this a la carte, and then of course now you have the shitty situation, which is that if you do decide to do all that, so you end up spending you know probably sixty dollars a month in subs, and then you're going to have to add on the extra fifty dollars to get unlimited because you're going to be streaming everything all the time, and you're going to hit that cap like. It's just, you know, the future, 
I don't know, man. If the companies didn't suck so bad, the future could be great. But it turns out um, they're going to get their money, uh, it seems. so. Um, I mean, we can basically just plug ourselves into the Oasis and watch whatever we want, though, right? Yeah. Well, that's no. the future we want. Is Except it, everything? Is no, it though? It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's kind of dystopian. I, mean, I was like, I want the Oasis, but everything else sucks. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I finished reading Ready Player One this week, guys, in case you didn't pick up on that. Yeah. We talked about it. A few months back when, when Eddie read it, and I committed to reading it at that point in time, and I, I finally did it. Yeah. Most um, of it last night. <laughs> uh, spoilers, which, he enjoyed the book as well. Which which I, I guess is kind of how that book works, because you, didn't you tell me that you read it, and then like the last half of it you basically binged in one day or something like that? I think I might have literally read that one cover to cover. In a day? Mm. that's crazy i do that's, i don't that time on occasion um so well like the last book i read like this was um red rising by uh, an author who i can't remember and i um it was on sale on kindle for some ridiculously cheap price so i grabbed it because it, it looked to be well reviewed and i'd heard about it a couple of times and i started reading that at like 10 and um i was like okay i'll read a little bit more i'll read a little bit more and then it's like one in the morning and i was like well fuck man at, at this rate kindle's telling me i can finish it by three so i guess i'm gonna just finish it um so i, I finished it you know around 3 30 or something like hopefully that. you managed yeah. to get off the toilet yeah before you finished it yeah my my ass is like permanently toilet seat shaped a little bit now um, i i will i will cop to the fact that ready player one caused my legs to fall asleep a couple times <laughs> <laughs> but yeah ah uh, oh, the future folks um so yeah Good book. Definitely, definitely read the book. Um, the movie's coming out next year, and that was actually one of the reasons that was driving force for me. And I was actually trying to get my oldest daughter to read it with me too, and she's less than interested at this point. So yeah, she's being really stubborn, which is really annoying because you know it's a thing she'd like. Yeah, yeah, she definitely would. But I think the more I tell her that, the more she's just going to rebel against it. And to yeah. be fair, one of the things that she's um, passing it over for is she's reading all of the Walking Dead graphic novels, and I can't really fault her for that. Yeah, it's not exactly like she's you know no, I'm not going to read your stupid book. I have to keep reading um, this Stephanie Meyer book. You know. Yeah, no, she no. she'd burn those before she read them. Yeah, thank you. Um, good, good, good fathering again. I just have I to try. I try. Yeah. So, oh, back to Disney streaming service. Um, they're reportedly going to offer their streaming service at a substantially lower price than Netflix, which Netflix isn't that expensive now, even if you pay for the highest tier package, which I do. Yeah, I think we pay like twelve bucks, probably. I mean, for now, 14, I think it's going something. up. I think it's going up to fourteen or something like that, because uh, they are raising prices due to the production costs of Stranger Things. <laughs> but uh, well, they got to keep Winona Ryder in the cocaine, otherwise, it's no good. Yeah. Sorry, Winona, that took a cheap shot. You're probably not a cokehead anymore. I don't Probably. know. Did you see the Emmys? Uh, oh, was she pretty blasted? She's on something. Uh, she she could have just been drunk off her ass, but she was definitely, um, you know, not of sound mind that particular evening. Yeah. Um, well, all the better for Harvey Weinstein, I guess. <laughs> oh no. Uh, yeah. So see, if I was Seth, Mar- if I was Seth MacFarlane, that would have gotten a bunch of laughs. Like. Yeah, that would have landed. Um, yeah. So anyway, Disney isn't. Uh, uh, rumored streaming service is uh apparently going to be substantially lower than netflix and so this one is an interesting thing to me what i have to assume that if that's true what i have to assume is they're going for volume like they literally are expecting like 90 percent of america to sign up or some shit like that. well and things we talk about in the beer aisle (laughs) as we did this evening one of the reasons is that disney's going to have a streaming service filled with a bunch of things that they already own so they don't have to make licensing agreements with cbs or fox or anybody else the cw to uh um to stream their their services their product so 
Um, that could be one of the ways that Disney's able to, uh, to offer it at a lower price. It's weird though, because normally a company would say, okay, well, this is the current model. This is the current price tag. Even though we don't have the licensing fee, licensing fees, let's throw on the same price tag because we'll just make more money that way. Yeah. So here's the thing. I think, um, this quote is kind of telling. So, um, this was on a earnings call. Um, CEO Bob Iger said, our plan on the Disney side is to price substantially below where Netflix is. Added, however, that this is in part to reflect the fact that it'll have less volume while stressing that the service will debut with a, quote, lot of high quality. Um, so, okay, let's parse that really quick. Um, less volume than Netflix to me is surprising because they don't have to try hard to do that. Like the, one of the issues with Netflix is that, um, there's not, I, I don't know, I guess there's a lot of stuff on the watch, but there's not really a lot of great stuff. Netflix's original properties tend to be, I think, where the main moneymaker for Netflix is now, these days. Yeah, currently. Like, which is weird. Uh, but yeah, th- that's definitely why I say sub- subscribed. There, there was a time when people were just like, wait, I can watch all of CSI from the beginning. Yeah. And then but, I think there's, there's stuff like that. Like we, we also, um, we get a lot of run out of, uh, scrubs and friends and stuff like that on, on that, um, on our side. They're weird, man. Like it's weird how they license things and it's, it's not necessarily always them, but like, um, I think NBC owns Quantum Leap, maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Quantum Leap is currently on Netflix. It, it's been off and on several times over the course of its, of its run, but never the whole series. Like it's, there's the seasons are always missing a lot of key episodes that you can only get if you actually like have the DVDs, uh, yeah. which is strange to me. So what's weird about this to me, though, is that if they're going to end up with less stuff, that means they must be self-limiting in some way. Because, like, if you just think about it, Disney owns ABC. So if they got ABC's catalog of, of properties, that right there we seems could like it'd be... all of Desperate Housewives. The, yeah, that right there seems like it would be a huge amount of content. And then they also own all of the Disney properties. So now you're Dude. talking all the princesses and all the Dude, shit I that Disney's put still, out over the last several years. I wonder if they still own um, Lois and Clark. Because that would be amazing to see that pop up on a streaming service. Oh, that would be... I think Netflix had it for a while, but not a. It wasn't on for a terribly I don't know. long time. I didn't. I definitely don't remember seeing it. So I, maybe I wasn't paying enough attention. But whatever. Um, but Disney's also got Marvel. Disney's also got Star Wars. So when when they talk about quality, I assume what they're talking about is Marvel and Star Wars and stuff like that. And um, you know that they're higher prominence movies. You know, just think Pixar movies. You know, Pixar movies could all show up there. Um, all the Disney a- animation stuff, you know, all of a sudden you could get Snow White and, and uh, um, The Little Mermaid and all the stuff in between. Uh, that could be huge. So Well, it, and we are, in fact, getting a brand new live action Star Wars TV series on the streaming service when it launches. Or maybe there's some sometime after it launches. I don't know when. But, yeah. So um, anyway, it's surprising to see that line that it's going to be smaller than Netflix in, in terms of content because Disney owns enough stuff. I don't think that has to be true. Um, so what I have to assume is that they're not putting everything out there. You're not human. I just I just dropped a Star live Wars. action Star Wars nope. series and I'm, you're just like, no, gonna, but I wasn't done making my point yet. We're going to go with that next. <laughs> that was the next thing I want to talk about because I don't know. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Uh, they've been talking about doing this since the seventies, like well, late seventies, early eighties. They've been talking about doing a that TV show. Doesn't surprise me so far. I mean, the TV incarnations have mostly been animated properties um, or the Christmas special. Oh God. <laughs> um, which, which when Disney acquired the Lucasfilm properties, I think George kept that one locked in the vault. I think that one wasn't offered if, for sale. If nobody's burned that yet. I would be really surprised. I think George that. has. Yeah. So, um, he just masturbates on it every night and then sets another corner of it on fire. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, just that, you know, like we, really we're gosh. seeing, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's weird because we're usually so classy. Right? I know. Um, so, uh, I think, 
man, we, we've already kind of seen this with CBS All Access. Presumably that's going well because um, Star Trek Discovery is coming back. I don't. I wonder. I wonder what the sub rate is on CBS All Access. I'd be interested to see like how much Discovery has actually put asses in seats, so to speak. Because um, I know Star Wars will. That's see, the thing. And that's that's the thing. I think they're both properties of that ilk. Like I think Star Wars is definitely the more commercially successful, and I think it's more likely that that's going to be the bigger get for whoever owns it and has it on their streaming service at any given time. But I do think that Star Trek uh, Discovery is probably one of the primary drivers between for All Access right now. Um, and so that's another huge, you know, like. You know, like we were talking about this in the in the aisle. If I just got the back catalog of Disney movies, like Disney animated shit like that, that my kids would like, I'd probably pay for it there. If it was five bucks, it'd be like a no brainer. I'd, I'd be right on top of it. Yeah, but your kids are savages. They won't even watch the original Star Wars trilogy because they look old. You you put them in front of Bambi. They, they are they are savages. But I but I'm just like if it's all right there, maybe they're just gonna watch it. Like one of my kids just came in and put on um um up the other day, and they don't they really haven't gotten too particularly far into any of the Pixar stuff. Um, so I was like, Oh, finally, finally these fucking they, kids they went with up. Yeah. Uh, God, what a gut wrenching fucking movie to start with. Like if you're going to yeah. start your foray into Pixar, like you want to start with the one that's going to rip your fucking heart out. Yeah. He even, uh, I think it was actually Jack that put it on. And like the first 10 minutes of this movie, he, he was like, man, this is kind of dark. And I was like, yeah well i mean it gets less so you know after that first 10 minutes of the movie but i mean that's the framing for the whole thing um and then you know kellen came in and put on inside out so you know again they're still watching relatively new stuff but it's there and it's Schindler's, available Schindler's toy box anybody anybody going for that one yet <laughs> not not yet um i think that's coming though toy um, story 3 baby yeah so i definitely think we're getting uh um like if if that's the case like I don't know what they, they, six, seven, eight bucks, 10 bucks, probably. If, if it was just to get Disney animated stuff, I would probably do it in a heartbeat. Ditto for, you know, like any of these things are probably enough that if, if you priced it at five bucks, like I'd pay five bucks just to get all the Star Wars stuff. I'd pay five bucks just to get all the Marvel stuff. And I'd I, pay five bucks just to get us, all this. I hope they give us all that stuff just because of the fact that, like, I don't, like, if I'm paying for a streaming service that offers Marvel stuff and Star Wars stuff and all that kind of stuff, like, I don't want to go and be like, well, I guess I can watch episode or like i want to watch all the star wars movies but it turns out they only have empire from the original trilogy but i can watch one two and three if i want to See, you know that's, what i mean like, that's, that's the other that's, thing that's really frustrating too because like the same thing happened with netflix like netflix has had the marvel stuff for a little bit but it's not the complete catalog so you can't watch all the marvel stuff same thing with star wars they've got some star wars stuff like they got they've got rogue one now notably um but they don't have force awakens they don't yeah. have empire they don't have i just ripped all Jedi. mine from the from the Blu-rays and, and I mean, put them yeah, in we're plus. not animals. We we you know us nerds are gonna find a way to watch this movie, uh, um, conveniently, and and that's you know same thing I did too. Rip rip Blu-rays, but uh, you know such is life. So anyway, I think I think we're gonna pause, grab another beer, and then we're gonna talk uh more Star Wars. Bit, we got a little bit more Star Wars. Yeah, and we're back. Yeah, in Star Wars news this week, or more Star Wars news tangentially, although this is directly related now. Um. All new trilogy coming from uh, director Ryan Johnson. Yeah, we haven't even seen episode eight yet, but apparently Disney was happy with with what he did. So. Yep, and uh, so far as I know, we've got zero uh, um, uh, to go on about what this is. Um, we have a little bit to go on. They said this is going to be set in a different corner of the Star Wars universe. Ooh. So uh, we'll be completely independent from the Skywalker saga. That's That's cool. So we'll see. We'll see I mean, it, there's a it lot of stuff they could do. I mean, so first off, Star Wars, the, the universe itself, it, it has a lot of great stories to be told in it. And it sort of opens itself to tell pretty much whatever story you want. Because I, I would super like to get some like super old Republic 
Jedi Order stuff. Like, and I'm talking obviously way more um, pre Empire than what we got in the in the prequels. Like, oh, like if they do, like, like I don't literally like Knights I don't want, of the Old Republic yes, style. Old, yes, like, I want Knights of the Old Republic stuff. I think it would be great. I yeah, that's one of the things. You know, there's a lot of places my head went with this. They can like, tell the Revan story. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of back catalog too. Like they don't have, they could, first off, I'd be happy either way. Um, there's a lot of old stuff that they could use. There's a lot of, you know, uh, um, extended universe canon that they could go after. Um, although I think most of that's not canon anymore, but they've recanonized a lot of things that they disavowed a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, like Thrawn, for example, is canon again because he showed up in, uh, Rebels on Disney. Right. Um, so they, they could go a lot of directions with this. So I think that's one potential place to go. And they could also just tell something entirely new. Grand Admiral um, Thrawn is such a great character anyway. Like you don't oh, want him removed from, from canon anyway. So yeah, Thrawn, Thrawn is wonderful. And he actually is really good in the, the, um, the Disney, uh, the Disney Rebels show. So it would also be great if we maybe saw a little bit from the Empire side of things. Like I, I would, I would actually love, uh, and this doesn't have to be a trilogy, so this might not be related at all to, to what Ryan Johnson's doing, but it would be amazing to see a movie that follows the Empire following uh, the battle on Endor. Ooh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just what what happens, like, to everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, there, there's, like I said, there's just so many different ways they can go with this, uh, um, That and I, and I think all are kind of valid. Like, I think we're going to want to see a little Jedi stuff, so... I don't think it's super likely that it's going to be set current time, uh, because there is one Jedi right now. Um, and, uh, uh, that's of course Luke. And I don't think that they're going to try to take away from that by adding another, you know, parallel story that I mean, nobody he's knows literally about the last Jedi. Yeah. So, so, um, I, I you know, I, I don't know. That just has my hopes set pretty high for like seeing Star Wars stories told at the height of the Jedi. There was so the, the thing that gets me though is it, don't get me wrong, and I love fucking reading books about Jedi's as much as anybody. But there was so many more books that came out that were um, once once Lucas like officially licensed the first uh, Thrawn trilogy, and then the rest of the world started publishing yeah uh, Star Wars books and whatnot. Uh, there was the Rogue Squadron series. Had nothing to do yeah. with Jedi, but were amazing. Um, there was the Bounty Hunters books. Oh, yeah. Nothing to do with Jedi, but amazing. So there's a lot of stories you can tell. Um, I know people are going to want to see lightsabers and shit like that at some point, but I think there's there's things that you can do. Well, I mean, you, we've already proven that you can not do that, though, because Rogue like one. Rogue One Rogue One is not lightsabers and flashy shit like that. I mean, don't get me wrong, we, we do have one, there's you know, one force-sensitive <laughs> user, and, and then there's one in particular lightsaber in that movie, but generally speaking, it's not a it's not a lightsaber, it's not a Jedi movie, um, and it's still really, really good. Um, so what has me thinking that this this is probably going to be a little bit back towards the Jedi and stuff like that, is that they're announcing a trilogy, and, and I do think that people wanted, I, I still in my heart of hearts, wish the prequel trilogy would have been good. Um, I mean, because there's so many things about that, that, that I just, I wanted ever since I was a kid. There's watching. only one prequel, isn't there? Rogue One. Isn't that the only one they did? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, where, where did my mind go? I guess, um, I get, uh, <laughs> weird. Lake Lao guy. No, that's the wrong franchise. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, I, I do. I, I, if they announced that it was going to be like a Knights of the Old Republic style, not, not even an adaptation, but like, they're just going to go back a thousand years and, and do something at the height of the Republic. Dude. Uh, man. I'd love it. I'd love yeah. it. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's move on to DC. Um. Oh, we. Oh, oh, we yeah. We already talked about yeah, it. We talked about we, it. live action Star Wars series. Boom. So yeah. yeah. Done. Because I segued like a motherfucker. Yep. Uh, anyway. Nailed it. Uh. All right. 
So the first link we have for you guys is actually just a YouTube link uh, where you can hear like a minute and 40 seconds uh, from Danny Elfman's uh, score from Justice League. I'm sad that I didn't see this link until right now because I have a suspicion I'm probably going to like it. Do you want to listen to it? Yeah. Let's pause. All right. So that was cool. Eddie's cleaning himself up. So Yeah. Give me a minute here. Um, no, I really like that. Um, it, it, first off, it sounds like Danny Elfman. Um, it, uh, believe it or not, I know what uh, enough Danny Elfman stuff that it sounds to me like that. There's definitely some some drawbacks or uh, throwbacks to um, '89 Batman score yeah. in yeah, there, for sure. and, and I think that's actually good. Like it has me reminiscent for Bats in, in a good way. Um, but it's also new. Like it's got a different feeling to it, and there's some other elements in there too. Well, look at look at the score from Batman '89. Uh, it not only set the tone for the movie itself, which is one of my favorite bat flicks, actually. Yeah. Um, but it actually transcended that universe and and moved over into the Batman the Animated Series, even which is also one of my favorite Batman properties. Yeah. So, I mean, he's Elfman is a an amazingly talented uh, composer and conductor, and I think that's probably you know I mean he I mean, keeps finding work for these massive the, projects. The brother, the brother wrote The Simpsons theme music yeah. all right yep um so yeah that that that's actually the only you know there's even a little bit of that like it's got a little bit of that like sort of frenetic a little bit of springfield in there f elfman sound well no elfman just does this thing um i don't know i i can't think of a better way to describe it other than frenetic but like i think of it when i listen to the the simpsons theme song i think about it when i listen to a lot of the batman score i think about it when i listen to he actually did men in black too and yeah. so like if you can picture what the opening uh of men in black sounds like with the strings and they're kind yeah. of really fast you get some of that in this too so. one of the things that i thought was interesting listening to that little snippet that we posted is the fact that it's kind of weird to me that you can even hear a little bit of john williams in there there's there's a I think a tiny bit yeah yeah like the, there is a little bit of superman in there and i, I think there's you know in particular the, like the frenetic um sorry i just got a word of the day calendar uh that that frenetic sound in the strings that comes in it sort of reminds me of like the flash and so that's what i was thinking too because i think that track you said was like justice justice league united yeah and so as soon I as you said that's that I'm when like, they all come together oh i'm kind of so. expecting that this is going to be like um i'm going to hear the league in the music and so they're you know especially with the movies that already have their own soundtracks and like uh notably have their own music like man of steel does have a particular theme that you'll instantly be reminded of uh same thing with wonder woman same thing with batman um so uh yeah that's interesting to me although the interesting thing here again though is that batman sound here is is uh or the, the the sound that i hear in there is definitely 89 batman not anything from the 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 new stuff yeah well and, and it's very dominant over yeah. the rest of it even so but even I, I don't know if we talked about this on the show or if i just maybe sent you a link through text or something like that but um even Hans Zimmer doing um, the Dark Knight trilogy uh, notably took some inspiration from Elfman's uh, score in in eighty nine Batman. So um, yeah, that's just that's sort of a um, I don't know. It's just so iconic. It, it'd be almost wrong to throw it out because that that's the sound so many people associate with it. Guys, I'm excited. Oh, about me too. Justice League. Uh, I, my heart's been broken before. But I, I'm, I'm here. I, wanted, I am again. I want it to be good so bad. I want it to I be mean, good so bad. I know he's hit me in the past, but I, I, he'll never do it again. I promise. He does. He promises. He promises. This is going to be the time he stops. He's going to stop drinking. Uh, he's going to really, you know, focus on the family and the kids, and, and you know, uh, really work on himself. 
and it's not going to happen again. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic. Like, I think, I think finally, you know, we saw this with Wonder Woman a little bit. I think they finally kind of figured it out a little bit. And I'm hoping that that is uh, maintained through, uh, Justice League. If nothing else, I think that, um, Whedon's involvement in the project bodes well for it. Um, I think Jeff Johns, I think finally getting to, you know, I think, didn't we decide, um, you know, based on the no facts that we actually have, that Johns's role was finally kind of prom- prominently displayed through Wonder Woman. Yeah, I think there was definitely some Johns in that. Yeah, but I, I just mean he he took over the division, but by the time he did, it was too late for BVS, and it was too late, f- of of course, for Man of Steel. I mean, I think anytime you have somebody with so here's the thing about Zack Snyder, whether you love him or you don't, um, his personality is very dominant, uh, and when he has a project, even if he's if he's the director, he's still also kind of going to kind of be an EP as well. And he's going to have influence on the writers if they have to do reshoots, things like that. Like Zack Snyder is not a guy who comes in, takes somebody else's script and just makes it appear as though it's really happening. Zack is very, very involved. Yeah. Um, and that can be good and bad in in different ways and stuff like that. I don't hate Zack Snyder. Um, I don't care for bvs as much as as i hoped i would i don't hate it as much as as everybody seems to think i do but snyder is a talented guy i just don't think he's balanced enough to be in charge of the whole thing in the way that he is he shouldn't be running the entire universe Um, and that's that's kind of we saw that in suicide squad where he didn't necessarily direct it um but you could definitely see that there was still i I I think suicide squad could have been not as dark as this is another, uh, you know, again, we're going to draw back to Marvel, but this is another aspect where, like, Marvel needs its Feige, and it's not Snyder. Like, or, I mean, DC needs its Feige, and it's not Snyder. Like, well, and here's here's the thing, and I'm, I'm going to segue a little bit, too, uh, because, uh, and we don't even have this in the show notes. We might as well talk about it, since we're talking Marvel real quick. Yeah, all right. I saw Thor. Oh, yeah, yeah that's going in the show notes. On, on so, Thursday. Yeah, hold on. Let's come back to that because we got to We'll close out with with a, a big Thor discussion. Well, I'm not, and I'm not going to dive into it real quick right now. But I do want to just highlight one thing, and that is, we are even guilty of this too. Sometimes in the show where we talk about Marvel, and we're like, well, there's definitely a Marvel method to movies. Like they do this thing, and it's cookie cutter. It's not because I watched Thor on Thursday, which totally was completely different than the previous two Thor movies. Um. But I also, uh, the wife and I were starting to watch, uh, Doctor Strange earlier today, which is a new, another movie that's an MCU, uh, property that I really, really enjoyed. Yeah. But it is not totally the same as Thor in any way, shape, or form. So there's not just like this thing that you do when you're making a Marvel movie where it just everything fits in in the same. See, we'll have to talk about that because I do think that Marvel movies feel like Marvel movies. And, and I don't think that's a bad thing, but I do think that there's an aspect of it. And I, I think there's a, there's a feel. It's definitely something when we talk about Thor, I want to dive into. So I, I feel, I feel like though if the wrong person was involved with the project that, that Marvel could make a bad movie too. Oh, they, you know what they, I mean? Well, see, that's the thing. Um, so, you know, going back to DC, like, uh, the thing with, um, Batman versus Superman and Man of Steel is that the, there is, you know, with a universe like this, there is a predominant vision that goes into it. So what do you set out doing? Like with Marvel, they, they set out in saying, like, we're going to adapt these characters that we've had to the screen and we're going to show everybody why they're awesome. And so that's how they're able to take a no name hero previous to this, like Ant Man. And when I say no name, like, don't get me wrong, I'm a nerd. I knew who Ant Man was. Uh, but most people did not. Most people absolutely had never heard of Ant Man. Uh, um, it probably weren't shocked that that's a superhero name, but, 
but they'd never heard of him, didn't know anything about him. So when they set out to do a movie like that, um, they, they set out to show, you know, like, here's what's cool about this character. Here's, you know, why it's interesting. And then they may manage to adapt their characters in a way that feels true to the comics and also uh, sort of updated for the modern age. There's lots of examples I can point to where that is the case. Uh, most notably Iron Man, uh, Tony Stark, the whole, the thing that launched it all. Um, it is very much the, the, the same story as the comics, but it's updated for the modern age and it just works really, really, really well. Um, so same thing with DC. DC sets out and they've got this whole, um, um, vision for what the universe is going to look like. And it's mainly based through Snyder, Snyder's role in, BV, in Man of Steel and then BVS. And I just don't think it was right. Like, uh, you know, notably, yeah. um, the, the, some of it I don't mind. Like, I don't mind the, the fact that they're, um, it's a little bit tonally more dark. What I, what I think they really miss is what the character actually is a lot of the time. So, like, Superman, I think, is probably the character that feels most off in the current universe for me. Um, Sort of. Um, I, I felt like Superman, uh, about midway through BVS, though, was actually starting to come around and be Superman proper. See, that, not for me, not even close until the third act. Like, I didn't feel like he was Superman until the third act. And even then, that was only because it's self-sacrificing. But he's not... Uh, and now it's it's kind of a forced thing. Like, we're seeing it in the trailers already where um, previous... In, in Batman vs. Superman, um, Clark is sort of this divisive figure and he's... Um, half half of the people love him, worship him as a god. And that's actually, you know, sort of a criticism, actually, is that it seems like there there's this sort of blind faith aspect going into it. And half of the people are questioning him and his, his ability and power and if we should rely on something like that. And then in the next movie, it looks like it's all like, oh, he died for us and, you know, he's just... They're just full bore into the whole um, Superman mythos and they're trying to prop up that thing that's not really earned. So like, I think if the movie did a good job portraying uh, Clark and Superman, um, it would you wouldn't have to force it on us, the audience, to say, oh yeah, he's this figure of hope and I don't humanity, know that, even though he's yeah. the most powerful being in the world that's not a human in any way. I don't think you had to other than like, one of the big things was that we wanted the destruction of Metropolis during the fight with Zod to be addressed in the next movie. Otherwise, it was pointless. Yeah. Um, and we got that. And I think, um, the, the whole like, um, godlike, uh, reverence for Superman, uh, was kind of a byproduct of how they chose to tell that story. I don't think it necessarily had to happen, yeah. but it did. Um, and there's nothing really we can do about it at this point because BVS has been out for fucking three years now. So yeah, I'm just saying it's it's um the the DC years, still Wonder Woman I think is the first time I felt like they got it right. Like I was like okay they they've captured Diana like that's that is you know I'm seeing Wonder Woman on screen and it's you know I can nitpick but it's mostly correct. Like it's mostly what I want to see from this this character on screen. Yeah. And so I'm hoping you know they they've got a lot they've bitten off a lot for Justice League. That that's another big difference in the Marvel universe is that um to tell their you know superhero team up movie we got origin movies for each of the characters. You know we got we had Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Captain America, Thor um so most of our movies uh, as we go into a- a- avengers you know we even had you know black widow and hawkeye previous in in, in the other movies so even then we got that was a little that was like of, one of the one of the few benefits of the shitstorm that was iron man 2 was that we actually had our first glimpse yeah we get widow of, of widow for the first time who uh, was strikingly gorgeous in that movie just scarlett johansson just, i'm just saying yeah um anyway uh so anyway, this is, uh, you know, again, vastly different from what we've got in, uh, um, 
the the coming movie justice league we're getting introduced to half the team for the first time in this movie you know so we've got batman superman and wonder woman who have gotten on the screen so far uh but cyborg aquaman and the flash are all going to be uh brand new um uh, we've seen of- glimpses we saw a little bit of the flash uh i mean we saw the the snippet that we had in in bvs i mean th- and that's, then, that's literally just because and they then were if, like- you, if, if you actually watched justice league we saw a little bit of the flash in that too yeah so but that was wait uh if we actually watched what you said justice league no, i didn't mean just like um i meant uh, uh uh suicide squad oh okay yeah i watched suicide squad and honestly I don't think I remember that movie at all. Uh, uh, that, that's it's like toward the beginning, they kind of had a the dark world. They kind of had in terms of like origin. I can't, I can't remember? They had an origin um, where all the all the Suicide Squad members came from, who caught them in the first place, and stuff like that. Oh, and, and they so mentioned the Flash. Yeah, he was actually in it for yeah. for a minute. But so you know, anyway, they just they're they're going pretty balls to the wall with their strategy. And don't get me wrong. We don't need origin movies for any of these people, really. Like, the, one of the main criticisms with Spider, Spider-Man, um, you know, was, and especially with the reboot, you know, going, moving into the Tom Holland Spidey, um, was like, Jesus Christ, how many times are we going to watch Uncle Ben die? Like, um, it, it gets, it gets a little old to watch an origin movie uh, a million times, and there's nobody in the fucking planet who doesn't know that Spider-Man became Spider-Man after his uncle dies. Um, there's nobody on the fucking planet that doesn't know Superman's from Krypton. You know, like, we don't necessarily need origin movies for these. Uh, uh, all of Man these of Steel, I thought was, I, I, that, well, that was one of the pieces of Man of Steel that I appreciated the most, though, is we actually got to see Krypton. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't that know too. that they flew dragons. No, I did. I mean, they did. It, it turns out they're very close to Pandora. I think is the thing. I don't know. Like on the other hand, like some of the characters that most notably deserve origin stories because they haven't been told nearly as enough enough, and people that aren't familiar with them at all are Aquaman and Cyborg. So, um, do you think? Do you think we're gonna get Aquaman and Justice League, and and then the Aquaman movie is gonna be more of an origin, or do you think it's gonna actually pick up after the events of Justice League? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I want to say that it's gonna be um after but uh you know we've already seen that with wonder woman we we've got her introduction in bvs and then her origin movie basically comes after that so it wouldn't be well, surprising we're, if we're doing the same thing with um carol danvers aka captain marvel as well because we're getting her in in um the oh, infinity yeah, war yeah. but then we're getting the 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 actual captain marvel movie after so yeah i don't know be it'll be interesting to see the way that they go with this because i don't think that it's necessarily bad just because it's not marvel i just hope that they finally got the vision piece right and and that they're finally going to really show this the way that it should be um because one of the things that makes the justice league great and one of the things we love about it is um the team dynamic and how they all work together mm-hmm. and things like that and so like i said pretty ballsy to start off this way of course uh new 52 did that with justice league as well yeah. uh so and so did um you know, the, the animated Justice League, I think it's called War, which was basically an adaptation of New 52, uh, introduction to Justice League, was along those lines as well. And I don't know that that was great either. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, uh, again, cautiously optimistic. There's a lot of people, you know, Joss Whedon's involvement in particular has me uh, optimistic about this because I know there's the, if there's anything Joss can do, it's it's ensemble cast. Uh, so, I know he can bring that out. Um, has, he, has he directed ensemble cast before? I might have. A yeah. couple things maybe uh you know i don't know we'll see <laughs> um still an untold you know we'll, we'll find out maybe he can do it maybe not all right well speaking of captain marvel let's talk about shazam <laughs> yeah uh i got that reference um so shazam has uh we we talked about it on the show a couple of weeks back uh zachary levi has been cast as shazam as in hero form shazam which is going to be interesting to me because he's not somebody i picture for the role like 
Um, he's definitely not huge. He's not huge, and he's not like classically, you know, handsome. I mean, don't get me wrong; he's a pretty man, uh, but he's not like classically, like you know, like Cavill, Henry Cavill. You know, in in many ways, like uh, Shazam and Superman, you know, are practically the same guy, just with a different costume. Or at least that's how I'd picture casting for that to go. Um, so Zachary Levi was kind of like a I didn't see that coming sort of choice. Um, but they've also now cast Billy Batson um, because, of course, Billy Batson is uh, uh, the the real form of Shazam the the you know child form uh, who then takes on the role of Shazam so that'll be interesting they've cast a, ga- a kid named Andy Mack who nope, I guess he's from Andy Mack oh he's from Andy his Mack his name is Asher <laughs> Angel Asher Angel um I don't know if you listen to the show and you're 12 you probably shouldn't because we're it's not appropriate but um you're probably also one of our daughters so yeah keep that you mind. might know you might know who that is I definitely do not know who this kid is I haven't even heard of this thing um but I don't know hopefully it's good yeah, we'll see. I mean, his um, name's Asher, and for some reason, I really don't like it. Asher Angel. Um, like, I only know really one kid name. named Asher, and yeah, that didn't go well for him. So no, I mean, it's up there with the, like the. I volunteered the, a lot in in the grade school um, when my older daughters were in grade school. It, it's up there with like the asterisk Aiden names: Hayden, Braden, Jaden, etc. It's just like ah, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, just yeah. don't, just don't, guys. Yeah, stop it, please. Um, next up. Uh, big piece of news, uh, especially for comic fans. Brian Michael Bendis is exclusively heading to DC. So this is interesting to me because um, I, I Bendis is one of those guys. Okay, so number one, he is very, 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 very much uh, what uh, the uh, GOP refers to as an SJW. He is super, super social justicey. Um, yeah, it very much shines through in his comic book writing. The thing for me is comic books have always been kind of on that on that cutting edge of, of social justice and, and whatnot, so it's not a huge step out for me. It tends to be even, you know, it doesn't really matter which company either, because I think DC even has some, you know, sort of progressive elements of sure. it. Oh, um, DC's super progressive, but like yeah. the thing to me is that's interesting is one of the things that um, two of the books I read right now are Spider-Man, mm-hmm. which is um, centered around the Miles Morales Spider-Man. And... Uh, Jessica Jones. He writes both of those. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, Miles Morales is kind of his baby. So, yep. Uh, uh, n- neither one of them are actually all that um, SJWE uh, for me. Uh, especially Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones is very, very much a. Um, you shouldn't read it unless you understand um, the CD life. Basically, like it's it's pretty dark, and I like it. I like it a lot, actually. And so mm-hmm. I'm. I'm I'm concerned about what happens to one of my favorite comic books at this point, uh, or yeah. two of my favorite comic books. Well, uh, when, I, I once know, he leaves. The, well, one thing is, to me, I think this is a big get because uh, say what you will about Brian Michael Bendis, because I do think that he does have people who just hate his books. Like, and I think there sure. is that aspect of it. Like, I did point out. Um, I don't mind like the SJW stuff in there. I mind it when he hits you in the face, like with it, like a frying pan um, in much the way that we've maligned, you know, other properties for doing uh, before. And he does that sometimes like BNB definitely sometimes just goes out of like, it's like fourth wall break Deadpool level of like, just like, Oh, and by the way, we like the gay people, you know, like, uh, and it's like, you know, I get that. That's fine. Uh, um, I'm not arguing with the message. It's just, you're not, you're writing it. Champions, champions is really like that. It, it's uh, just, yeah, like 
write a good story and then that comes through anyway when you turn around and basically look right into the camera and and, and you know tell me what to do that's where i don't like it because that's just not good storytelling um so bmb can do that a little bit too uh, as well and then bmb definitely has his own style and, and personally I like it. Um, um, I'm a, I'm a ben, huge that's, Bendis that's fan. That's BMB, uh, by the way. Brian Michael Bendis, not a bed and breakfast. Yeah. Just so you guys are. Yeah, I am saying um, I hope. We had a couple of beers. We'll see. Uh, yeah, not bed and breakfast. Uh, yeah, I'm just curious what he's going to write because I'm, I'm now, I'm, now I'm brainstorming. I'm like, is he a good fit for GL right now? Um, and ultimately, I think what I came down to is I'd really like to see him pick up the flash. Yeah, that actually works for me. Yeah, to me, it's kind of like if you heard Jeff Johns was going to Marvel. Like, uh, it's it's that level for me. Like, just very much, you know, uh, Brian Michael Bendis has been very, very much a big part of Marvel for the past, you know, 10 or 15 years at least. Um, and, you know, notably writing some of my favorite books as well. Uh, of course, I'm a huge champion for Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Um, and I think he was a big part of Ultimate as well. Um, and I generally really like him as a writer. I also think that he is a, both a writer. People um, will read. Like, I, I do think that this is an interesting thing, is that there are some writers that if I see their name attached to something, I'm going to read it, and I don't really care what they're writing. Um, Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns, Jeff Johns is, is one definitely of those. one. Um, uh, and Brian Michael Bendis is probably his Marvel counterpart. Uh, you know, or For a formally. while, I really thought it was going to be Matt Fraction over at Marvel was going to be kind of that guy, but then he left uh, as well. And uh, Bendis is definitely probably the closest that Marvel has to that. Um, unless Rob Liefeld starts picking up a pen and writing for Marvel again. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, big deal, I think. Big deal. Um, last up in our DC section, we kind of already uh, talked about this a little bit up front. Uh, and yeah, I'm just going to briefly mention, um, this is very heavily a rumor. Uh, WB came out and flatly denied that this is the case. Actually, uh, WB only said one word, and that was false. False. Yeah. So... Uh, Gal Gadot, the, the link anyway says that uh, Gal Gadot says she is out if Ratner stays on. Um, so I think it's Ratner's production company or something like that that's heavily involved in the they production of Wonder help Woman. The financing of it, so yeah. they're not they're not actually the sole producers, but they definitely contributed uh, some some moolah. Yeah. So um, who knows? You know, I, and I think if I think if I'm WB, uh, then that that becomes an even easier choice because at this point, you you probably should be distancing yourself from people like Ratner who have you know notable like as fast as you know uh, Netflix dropped Kevin Spacey. Well, um, I saw another article today from that was saying that WB has actually chosen to sever ties with Ratner already. The problem is they didn't post it in here because it it was from an even less um, notable source than Page Six dot com. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, I don't know. No Ratner, offense, page six, but I don't know you. Like, if you got to choose between uh, the the person who helped put Wonder Woman on the map for an entire new generation of kids and seems to be the bright shining star of the WB or of the DC universe so far on screen, um, or the guy who brought us X Men Three: The Last Stand, I don't know. It doesn't seem like a tough choice. And to I me. really like Kelsey Grammer's Beast. I, I, that's I was gonna say the same thing. He, he I, Kelsey Grammer is beast inspired. Everything else about that movie, dog shit, hot yeah, shit. Yeah, I really didn't actually hate that. Yeah, that wasn't a, that wasn't a terrible move. But the rest of the movie was complete and total fucking dog shit. So, um, although I kind of didn't like Scott Summers, and no. so I did get to watch him dissolve. I'm just saying, like you can kill Scott Summers, and it's not going to be a bad thing. I think I just, that how they just did it because I really liked Famke Jansen, though. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, now I got a shot. No, that's not how it works. Yeah, but, that's not really how it works at all. Um, not how any of this works. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Anyway, it seems like this is is very, very, very rumor stages, uh, and it, it may not be true at all. So, uh, fake news, fake news. Uh, but um, just unsubstantiated news at this point. Yeah, if, if it turns out to be true, I think that uh, DC slash WB has an easy, easy fucking call to make there. Uh, um, and she, I, th- I, part of this stems from the fact that she, she was supposed to actually go to a dinner honoring Ratner. Um, she'd committed to it um, several months ago, and then uh, last month a week before the dinner was supposed to happen, like just all of a sudden was like, this shit goes down. Yeah. Well, no, it was like, she literally like all of a sudden wasn't going like, Oh, she had her people like basically call me like, Nope, she's not coming (laughs) Uh, with no explanation. So So, yeah. The other thing here too is like, um, I don't know if I could love Gal Gadot more Um, that she turns out to be all super principled and like a hard nose about stuff like this. If this, if this rumor turns out to be true, it's just like, Oh man, you just got hotter. It's one of those things where I don't know that there are more, like, is there, I mean, besides our wives, of course, mm-hmm. is there a more perfect woman than Gal Gadot? I could take a while to figure out. I mean, I was looking when we were watching the, the YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, watching the YouTube, we were listening to music on YouTube <laughs> and I was staring at Gal Gadot as, as Wonder Woman for a second. Um, and it's just, man, she's stunning. It's kind of not fair. And it's she kind could of, kick she's my like, ass. She's like girl Chris Hemsworth. Like, it's kind of not fair for the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really. Like, I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's talk about Chris Hemsworth a little bit more. I think so. And, um, and his faithful sidekick, Matt Damon. <laughs> um, okay, so Matt spoilers, and I, uh, spoilers, we're going to get heavily into the spoiler territory, and I think this is probably going to conclude the podcast for us. So if you don't want spoilers for Thor Ragnarok, then thank you for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode, and uh, as always, at whatever.co slash 102. Hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash whatever show. And at whatever show on Twitter. Or uh, at Charles E. Smith if you just want to bitch about things yeah at the brutal one if you really want to tell us how great this show is uh that's b-r-e-w <laughs> and finally uh this would conclude our link spamming for the moment uh questions at whatever dot co if you just want to use the regular old emails like uh, uh an animal um people email anymore i don't know i've heard somebody did it once uh so all yeah. right spoilers so spoilers. spoiler spectrum spo- spoiler spot spoiler spot uh we're talking thor ragnarok now matt and i both had the chance to see thor ragnarok this last week i took my kid uh and i, I took one of my kids yeah i took one of my kids as well i thoroughly enjoyed the movie he actually thoroughly enjoyed the movie which i was not expecting because he has the attention span of uh, um hackers yeah he has the attention span of of an eight year old boy in who 2017, likes to play Minecraft. Uh, who's constantly surrounded by uh, rectangles and screens and stuff like that. So, um, um, it 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 was surprising that this both held his attention and he came out of it seemingly really liking the movie. Um, so anyway, Thor Ragnarok uh, to me was a big question mark because um, most notably, Thor: The Dark World is probably one of my least favorite MCU movies we, thus far. We haven't been uh, outwardly supportive of the Thor franchise up to this point. Yeah, I liked Thor the original. It was okay. Um, it was a kind of a slow movie, but it, overall, it I liked the story. It told the story it needed to tell to get yeah. Thor involved for uh It Avengers, was kind of just but... like a a little bit of a, you know, like, okay, well, we're going to have Thor, and so that's how we get him in the Avengers thing. Um, but overall, I liked the movie. All right. Thor the Dark World, I, I don't know. Maybe I liked it. I don't honestly remember. I don't remember the first. The, the movie. first Thor actually gave us um, our first real shot at uh, Hiddleston as Loki as well, which... Yeah, and, and the Tesseract and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Um, Good, good movie overall. Uh, um, didn't give us the test right, did it? The first one? 
Didn't it? Captain at the America. End? I think it was a stinger. Uh, oh, you're yeah. right. Um, it was a stinger for Captain America. You're, yes, it was because so. it was in the it was in the um uh, the 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 vault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it, yeah, this was this is one of those things. Um, and I think we talked about it. I, and we're not the only ones, obviously, because word word kind of got out to um, Marvel at large, but also Hemsworth. Hemsworth had had picked up on on some dialogue that was less than favorable about Thor, and he was like, "You know what? They're kind of right. So mm. let's let's go a different direction." Um, I think they probably had the best director they could have direct this movie. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think the biggest shift here is that um, the, the 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 split used to be action drama. This mm-hmm. is definitely action comedy. Oh yeah. Um, so so this is this is a much more comedic movie. This is a much this is probably actually even surpassing Guardians. Actually, one of the I, lightest. I dumped her. It was a it was a mutual dumping. Yeah. This is actually I think probably the lightest movie in tone. Uh, even considering Guardians of the Galaxy one and two. Um, this is I think easily the 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 most uh, uh comedic movie of of the Marvel franchise. You're far. absolutely not wrong, and I will tell you why because I was I so okay so the first thing that I wanted to do when I was done is, is give this a legit comparison to guardians. But then I was like, no, both of the, both guardians movies actually kind of made me want to cry at Mm. some point. Um, I didn't really get that from Thor. I was just, no, even, even at the, the, the climax, uh, of the movie where a lot of shit got destroyed. Yeah. I was still not like, Oh, you know, yeah, so that's actually like if you want to talk about my number one criticism of this movie, it's that um it's a little bit too much. Like it, like it's a little bit too much like that guy who always has to be funny everywhere and it gets a little old sometimes. You mean and Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, and that that was kind of the case here. Like um there were some moments where they they needed to tone that down a little bit. Like particularly with the destru- destruction of Asgard, like I laughed. I laughed when uh uh Korg was like uh, uh, still got strong damage, foundations. Damage, damage isn't too bad. Uh, foundations are intact. We can uh, start rebuilding and uh, we'll turn it into a place of hope. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then, and the, then the, it the, just explodes. Yeah. Never and mind. Like, yeah. Oops. Uh. So like, Found, foundations are not intact. It, it, don't get me wrong. It's a funny moment. I I it, I laughed through the whole thing, but there were some jokes that just like. No, you're 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 kind of taken away. Like this is a little bit too much. Like they they really should have had that be a little bit more impactful of a scene. Because even though um they are trying to go a different direction with this, it's not actually a comedy movie. Like or it shouldn't have. You know, Thor actually isn't a comedic character, and this is going to have an impact on the MCU as a hoe whole as, as a hoe. hoe? Yeah, you a hoe, <laughs> you a hoe. Um, <laughs> so it's going to have an impact as the on the MCU as a whole. Um. So I thought that you know there are some points where that they needed to tone the joking down big, a little big bit. time because actually if they if they follow suit with uh with 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 where they're going um they'll they'll found Asgardia on Earth. I, I think that's probably uh, the direction. So uh, yeah, you know another big moment in this movie. Um, by the way, if you guys wanted to know who voiced Korg, um, if you've seen the movie, it was it was actually the director uh, Taika Waititi. Oh yeah, so here's the. So, um, he's not Australian. He's he's from New Zealand. I think this is a good part to mention. This the, there is a few notable cameos in this movie. Uh, Taika Waititi, of course, is Korg, which was hilarious. Um, which was kind of my pet peeve with the movie, but we'll cameos. Not cameos, just the fact that the the way they portrayed Korg and Meek uh, was a little oh yeah more. Yeah slapsticky than i would have preferred because um we've talked about this before on the show or at least i have uh planet hulk slash world war hulk is one of my favorite hulk yeah. arcs of all time 
Um, and I don't necessarily think that the Korg and Meek characters needed to be slapsticky in order to be important to the film. Yeah, but but again, and that's kind of you know back to my complaint. Like the tone, they they kind of overdid it a little bit in places. Um, I, I mean, and that's one. There there know. are certainly so having read more Thor comic books lately, um, Thor is definitely a character that can be up his own ass a little bit to the point of yeah. making reading Thor hard to do sometimes. But when you put him in situations where he's uh, stumbling drunk or whatever then it becomes tolerable because you're like, well, that's just silly. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's one of the reasons why when he was talking to, oh God, the big fiery dude at the beginning. Sartor. Yeah. Sartor. When, when like he's hanging in the chain, he's like, uh, d- d- just a minute. Uh, I'll, I'll be back. I'm, I'm really not doing this on purpose. It's, you know, See, that's, that's actually kind of what I liked. Is it, Thor, I thought is, that was... Thor is incredibly up his own ass. And that yeah. was like the funniest moment because like, He's facing, like, I, I had hurt, you know, like, I knew who Sartor was, and I knew this was supposed to be, like, a big deal, and, like, it's just this, like, funny opening scene for the movie in which he, Thor is so overly confident that even though he's hanging in change, he's like, oh, no big deal. And, of course, he, you know, handles that whole shit in short order. Sure. Um, so, I thought that was kind of a good way, you know, like, that was fine. Like, I, I was okay with that, even though, like, Sartor is typically, like, this, you know, humongous big bad for Thor, uh, um, and he's supposed to bring about Ragnarok, and they set this up with this, you know, you know, sort of grim circumstance, and then he just handles it like that. I was like, oh, cool, we're getting a Thor that kicks ass in this movie. Like, it's about fucking time. Um, so that was fine. Uh, it's just that there's some parts of it where, like, they needed to have a little bit more weight to it, and, uh, it, it missed because, uh, a lot of the times they just interjected a joke where it shouldn't have really gone. I, I like, um, I did like a couple things about this movie. Number one, um, I really, really enjoyed, um, the Odin, uh, narrative where it's just like, oh, uh, you're dead. And it's, it's Loki's fault that you're dead because you were banished and whatnot. And then, like, all of a sudden, then Hela comes back and, and, like, there's some dialogue there and he's like, Odin's like, yeah, kind of. The thing is, I'm shit back though. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. See, so, even that, like, th- that actually was one of my favorite aspects of the movie. Is like, um, th- we have this, you know, up up until now, the whole thing has been about like Thor being ready to rule or not. Um, you know, so famously in the first movie, um, that's sort of the 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 premises for it is like Thor thinks he's ready to be the boss and he's not, so he gets banished to Earth for being a little shit, basically. Um, so I like that aspect of it. Uh, um, and then it's interesting to see the parallel between him and Odin, um, because, you know, Odin was up his own ass too, and he did a lot of fucked up shit, basically. Yeah. Uh, and so that was, I thought that was a nice little, um, you know, parallel, basically. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I don't, I liked especially all the stuff with Odin. Odin, Odin was really kind of awesome in this movie. I mean, it's Sir Anthony Hopkins. So. Yeah, it's kind of hard to fuck that up, but, um, you know, there's a way where there's a will, there's a way. So, um, yeah, it's it, it just sometimes that even lost its drama a little bit. Um, I'm not doing get help. Yeah. That's <laughs> one thing I learned. Uh, that, that aspect of things was kind of interesting too. Like, um, the Loki, uh, slash Thor relationship. Um, because it's really a lot more fucked up than it was portrayed in this movie. Like, dude, it's, it's so fucked up because, okay. So, um, let's flash forward to we're two thirds of the movie. We're making the escape from, uh, Sakaar. Yeah. And Loki is helping Thor. Um, and then they find the ship and Loki's like, here's the thing. I'm not really helping you. Yeah. And then Thor's like, yeah, I know. Yeah. And just like leaves so, him lying there in a puddle of his own fucking drool, uh, for somebody else to find. And then, 
And then what? what's the fucking next thing that happens is, like, he gets on the ship with Korg, and they're like, oh, well, I guess we'll go rescue my brother. Yeah, so that's, there's, there's you know, on the one hand, I thought that the Loki-Thor relationship was a little too lighthearted. On the other hand, uh, there was some legitimate growth. Like, I thought there was legitimate growth from both characters. So I, number I think one, they established that they love each other, but at the yeah, same time, they're like, like we're not going to change who we are, though, so... Yeah, well, there's several things I like about this. Like, there was growth from Thor, because he's like, well, I'm not falling for your shit anymore. So, like, Thor got the upper hand there, because he knew what kind of bullshit Loki was going to pull. And then, on the other hand, uh, Loki got some growth, because... He actually came back and helped. He yeah. helped. He legitimately helped, like self-sacrificing in a way that you know we don't see Loki do. Self-sacrificing to a point. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean it's not like he was really like. If oh, the tide had die. turned the other way during the battle, he like, might have been like, I, "Oh yeah, hello, imagine, but we're like, totally family. Let's do this." It, that's the thing for me, though, is though, and, and and I think I appreciated it about the the dynamic between those two is like Loki still is the Trister God. He's not going to be anything other than the Trister God, and it 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 kind of boils down to like a really big case of well, like. I could pick on my brother, but, but when somebody can, else yeah. does it, like, it's not okay kind of a thing. Yeah. So, I, I like that. And then there, there was a lot of just fun in that relationship, too. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Help. Yeah. Uh, get help. He's hurt real bad. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, so, that was... that was uh, Get help, by the way, if you haven't seen the movie and you haven't tuned out, uh, is basically just a trick where Thor claims that Loki is is not well um, and then throws, throws Loki at people. At <laughs> um yeah okay so how is that a move by the way i don't know they're, they're like we're as guardians we're practically god there's nobody that's gonna actually hurt us if we just get hurled into them so uh and can we talk about while we're talking about things that probably couldn't have been done more perfectly how about the introduction to valkyrie oh god valkyrie like uh, the first time you see her on screen she's literally stumbling drunk to the point where she falls off of her fucking ship yeah so i love that because not only is she stumbling drunk and falls off of her ship but she still ends up with the upper hand in that situation yeah. so it's kind of a testament to exactly how badass she is uh so valkyrie is awesome there's a couple of cover characters we need to talk about more uh hulk Hulk in this movie, man, is fucking great. So, number one, we get a big change in what we've seen from Hulk so far because, uh, so far Hulk has been almost non-sentient. Like, there, Hulk, I don't think has had a line of dialogue. Maybe he says smash? Yeah, or, um, puny god. Puny god. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hulk smash so, puny god. So, uh, in this one, Hulk actually has some dialogue and, uh, the interactions between him and Thor were great. Uh, I kind of wish, that they hadn't spoiled the trailer with that when with their first meeting in the film. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't hate that. It was That's fine. It, yeah, it was okay. And that scene was I actually just, a lot longer too. So I just kind of, I kind of thought if they had left that one, if they hadn't have uh, put that in the trailer, like when Thor's like, yes, that would have been so much more impactful. Actually seeing it on the screen. Uh, I really enjoyed the dialogue between him and Banner too, and my one of my favorite parts of the fucking movie was Banner walking around pulling on his crotch the entire time because he's wearing Tony Stark's pants and they're they're super tight. Yeah, <laughs> I I think one of my favorite parts was when uh, Hulk gets out of the hot tub and he's totally naked. Oh yeah, and, and Thor's all, oh, that's in my brain now. You yeah, know? <laughs> um, Hulk's giant green dick. I'm assuming is what what's stuck in there. Uh, I I can only assume. Yeah. So um. But even I, the- I was almost like I was watching it and I'm like, wait, are they going to actually show that? Yeah. For a minute. Cause it really like it, the, good camera work on that. Cause yeah. they really, I mean, I, I was concerned for a minute. Yeah. Um, I got to say too that the, the fight between Hulk and Thor was really actually something I, I super enjoyed because, um, this is a Thor movie 
And I've seen, you know, like, especially the animated adaptation is the easiest one to draw a parallel to. Yeah. And, and Thor kind of gets his ass handed to him in that. Uh, and, I, you know, that it really was a lot closer in, in this than, than I would have yeah, assumed I, it was I, going to be. I even think that Thor kind of had the upper hand. Yeah. Like, he, he definitely got his bell rung a couple times, but well, it the, was kind of like. The, the fucking dude, uh, uh, Ian Malcolm had to shock him to stop the battle. So. Yeah, he was kind of like, the whole, the, the whole, in the beginning of the fight, he's kind of like holding back. He's like, I don't want to hurt you, blah, blah, blah. And then finally he's just like, okay, no, we're going to kick some ass now. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, that's another thing. Jeff Goldblum, like it's obvious. Uh, the <laughs> Goldblum as Grandmaster was pretty awesome. I mean, it wasn't. Here's the thing: Jeff Goldblum plays one character, and that is he plays Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, so. at this point, I, I think he's probably played different characters in the past, but this at this point, he just plays Jeff Goldblum. I mean, he definitely wasn't the fly in this movie, I guess. No, but, but I mean, like he's the same guy that was in the commercial Hawking the cell phones or whatever. I can't remember yeah. Directv or something. Uh, it it was it was pretty nuts, uh, especially but in the was, in the stinger. Funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the stinger. This is one of the more lackluster stingers. I think even like the Howard the Duck cameo in Guardians better. Yeah. Um. So, man. Uh. I I think the other thing we should talk about is Hella. Um. Hella as a villain is honestly, you know, villains in Marvel Super haven't really OP. gone. She's real OP. Like, yeah, she is. But Marvel villains, I think, really, and I don't think Hello is really different from this, other than Kate Blanchett being super hot. Because I guess I'm into dark chicks for some reason. Um, but uh, she, she was also kind of just the the whole thing was lackluster, especially given the lighter tone of the movie. Um, Hello being super like dark and and you know foreboding and stuff like that kind She's of also forty eight didn't really work for me as well. Um, but that that's kind of the thing with Marvel movies is that the villains are always kind of weak um, and, and they end up being kind of a forgettable part of the movie. And I don't think that was really any different here. Um, although it doesn't really look 48 to me, though. No, goddamn. Um, although I will say that, um, yeah, she's definitely probably one of the most powerful villains uh, that that we've seen in the Marvel universe so far. Uh, you know, just flat out crushing Mjolnir with her bare hands um, is one of the like, uh, uh, you know, scariest, you know, scary. That, that piece of it does kind of, I, I don't know if I necessarily like that particularly anger where like Odin's like, Oh, are you the God of hammers? Like, see, I Mjolnir is kind of one of those things that like is, I did, I did kind of like that. On the one hand, I wasn't sure about actually destroying Mjolnir. Uh, like, I thought that was kind of a bold way to go because they could have just taken it from him and he's got to figure out how to work around it. But I will say it was pretty goddamn satisfying when we went full immigrant song. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, the only thing to me is, is the hammer as far as the Thor mythos goes is that, um, whoever holds the hammer, if you'd be worthy, Shall possess the power of Thor. Yeah, right. So um, it, it's a little bit of a retcon. Yeah, yeah, and and that's fine because the movies, to me, like the Marvel movies, they haven't always they've gone off script uh, almost every time. Yeah, obviously we had the Ultron thing where it was Tony Stark that created Ultron. When we yeah. know that's not the case in the comic books, we have, um, well, in that case in point, Hank Pym wasn't even introduced until after Ultron. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, there's there's definitely things that are not uh not comic book canon in the movies and whatnot and i'm fine with it it's just it milner is kind of one of those things that thor is synonymous with and it's and i mean just i he used the hammer when he fought the fucking dragon at the beginning like when he was like 
he just oh, it opens his mouth and he's like, "Oop, I'm gonna drop my hammer there." And the thing <laughs> that, just like that, stuck. That was oh man, I loved that scene so much because I was like, "Oh, that's that's so clever." Like I didn't see that coming, and it was just so clever. Such a good way to do that. I, I just I was so like uh, just enamored with that whole part. You know, you know, they went full camp with Thor, and I didn't hate it because of it. I mean, like I'm I'm with you, and I think it was a little bit more campy than it needed to be in some places. I, I think- with the modern age, there's a balance to be struck, and I, I think it felt a Guardians little... Guardians hits it. Guardians hits the mark really well on that. Guardians 1 the did The first one, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, they didn't go full camp with uh, with Thor, because I was really kind of wondering if they were going to have his, his uh, space-faring sheep. <laughs> they didn't do that, and so I was kind of, well, huh, all right, or Murder Dog, whatever, we, we whatever might that get thing's that. name is. We might get that, uh, especially Murder Dog, I could see um the 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 goat uh the goat I, i'm not sure there's about. two of them originally I oh think really loki killed one but there was two oh, originally loki um so yeah overall i will say i love the movie like uh there's there's nothing i can't criticize basically and and for, for me thor's main problem is i think they they went um there's a balance i think we had between the comedy and drama and, and action in a superhero movie and i think they fell a little too one-sided with the comedy um, for any for anybody listening though don't necessarily take this as a negative like because if if i mean oh i mean go see the movie it's it's good like give it, me give me the choice between this movie or any of the previous thors and i'll watch this movie a hundred more times oh yeah and, like, and that's the other thing too like I, this movie I, I do really want to see again like i'm considering going to see it in the theater again just because it, it, i really did enjoy it it is really good um, Carl urban car yeah we didn't even talk about carl urban he's yeah scourge scourge um, yeah. uh that's another, you know, whole another thing. Oh, yeah, we, we briefly mentioned cameos, and I don't ever think I came back to it. But there's a lot of funny cameos in here. So, like, number one, Matt Damon. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about that. and just watch it. It's funny. Matt uh, Damon. Sam, Sam Neill. Sam Neill being in there. Um, one of Luke, the Hemsworth brothers. Luke Hemsworth. You know, playing Thor in the thing. Uh, there was another Hemsworth that was a college girl that wanted a selfie. Um, there's a lot of just funny stuff in this movie. Um, that I think you'll really enjoy. I, uh, I read an article and it was like, you know, how, how they got, uh, Matt Damon to do the cameo that they, that he did and whatnot. And basically the article was one of those things that kind of went on for a while. And then at the end of the day, it was like, well, uh, no, they're just friends. Like him and, <laughs> and, and Chris Hemsworth are just friends because Hemsworth looks up to Matt Damon as an actor. And so he kind of reached out to him yeah. a long time ago and they, they hang out. Yeah. That's so, cool. Um, wow, that that is actually cool. The um, Doctor Strange piece of the movie was was fun. Like as soon as as soon as I saw it, when they were on Earth, I I saw Loki look down just as the, like the spinning circles were underneath him, and I was like, Oh yeah, know, from, same thing. You too. guys can't see that I just made a, a really you he, know happy face, but yeah, he turned into a Tumblr fangirl there for a second. I did, uh, which is fine because that's what I did too when I saw the circles, and, and I was. I had Better to turn than over a 4chan neckbeard, I guess. Yeah, I had to turn over to my son and be like, oh, 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 that's Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is coming up. And Jack was like, fuck you on about, old man. Yeah, seriously. Calm, calm down. Fuck Jesus you Christ. on about, huh? Yeah. You what, mate? Um, anyway, uh, yeah, just, it, it's a good movie. Like, I, I do think that this is a good direction to go in with Thor. I think that if they, you know, I don't know how many more Thor movies we're going to have. Um, if any. Yeah, I mean, typically we're kind of three seems to be the stopping point. But we've only had other one other 
well, no, two other franchises have reached that now. Both Iron Man and Captain America have hit three movies. And uh, contracts are getting such that I'm not sure who's going to continue and who's not. Um, we're definitely going to get some more of this, I think, in Infinity War. And I think that it's kind of telling, you know, that, that'll kind of be the direction we go with Thor for Infinity War. Um, I think he's going to be probably not qu- comic relief, but I think he's going to be, you know, a comedic part of that movie. Um, certainly. So, uh yeah, I don't know what else to say. Um, it's a good flick. Like, I, I think when I looked it up, um, and this was like opening weekend or shortly thereafter, it had like 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I think that might be a little bit high. Um, but I, I don't think it's super high. Like, I probably would have been, I, I'm probably around the 85 mark just because, um, they did, they did come really, really close to a perfect movie. And, and if they just balanced out the com- comedy a little bit more, I think that would have been a, a perfect superhero movie for me. Plus, Eddie and um, I are really, really still stuck on Winter Soldier as far as like best movie, best of the movie Marvel, ever made. Yeah. Cinema, Marvel it Cinematic won, it for won sure. an Academy Award. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's Ricky Bobby speak right there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, the short of it is, it's a good film. It's a good, it's a good flick. Uh, it's certainly something I think you'll enjoy seeing in the theater. Oh, you know, one of the things I didn't touch on at all, music. One thing that doesn't really make any sense is that the, most of the music has a very 80s vibe to it, mm-hmm. but it totally fucking works. Like the title cards is a very 80s looking, uh, Voltron sort of thing too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but that's another thing. Like, it's a stylistic choice that I thought worked really, really well in the movie overall. Um, I really enjoyed both the original score by Mark Mothersbaugh, um, from Rugrats fame or, uh, you know, Devo. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, uh, um, and, uh, they, you know, some, some amazing song placement too. Like, Immigrant Song, uh, couldn't be more right. And when that finally pops, uh, um, it doesn't finally, because I think we open with Immigrant Song and then it pops towards the end of the movie. It looks sort of like the pul- penultimate of Thor's Not the God of Hammers moment. Yeah. Um, it's so good. So good. I've been listening to Immigrant Song over and over again for a few days now. And especially like listening to the lyrics, it's like, well, that's, that's a fucking like Thor that, that was written for Thor, you know, like you'd almost expect it would be, but it's, it's obviously not. Uh, so anyway. Unfortunately, I'm going to be spending some time listening to some Rush. Oh, yeah. 21, 2112 and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. just because, uh, you know, uh, Ready Player, Ready Player One. One. Yeah, I did. When I got done listening to or reading Ready Player One, uh, uh, I did listen to a lot of Rush. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to Ernest, Ernest Klein, y'all. Yeah, Ernest Klein, Ready Player One. Okay, uh, show for this week? Calling it? I think that's it. Yeah, it's called uh, definitely go go see Thor. Uh, it's, it's good. I saw it a couple days after Eddie did. Um, and I think he almost pooped his pants waiting for me to go see it. It was very hard not because if nothing else, there, there's a ton of, uh, quotes and jokes that like, there is a lot of quotes in this movie that, that are just hilarious. <laughs> it's a uh, circle, mate. Yeah. It, kind of a weird circle, but it's, it's a circle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, the, the, the movie's good. Same thing Doug said. <laughs> good luck, new Doug. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's funny because that's one of the characterizations that I'm most pissed off about in that movie. But, but I you've can't said that not line quote to me like those 45 lines. times today. So yeah, yeah. Um, because it is good. Uh, Taika Waititi. That's another fun thing. Um, like the whole he's like, uh, yeah, uh, had this. I used to have a hammer. Uh, I'd fly with a hammer. He's like, you rode a hammer. He's like, no, uh, I'd spin it real fla- fast and I'd fly. That was all it, improvised. It would, know, like, it would. It pull me off. It pulls you off. <laughs> <That> was- <laughs> Sounds like you really had something with this hammer. Uh, yeah. So, um, the, that, that whole scene was, uh, improvised. Um, and there's a lot of this movie that feels like it's a little bit off the cuff, uh, ad libbed. And it's it, kind of it, fun it, when you get a director a way that that's, works. that's okay with uh, that. And especially when you have one of the directors that, like, is doing some dialogue for the movie. So, well, 
what, what I think the thing is, like, there's a lot of movies like that. Um, like, uh, probably anything Jim Carrey's ever done has been largely just whatever the fuck Jim Carrey felt like doing at that time. Uh, and when you've got somebody who's legitimately funny, uh, that just works. And so I think there's something about that. Like, are you saying that Jim Carrey's legitimately funny? Cause... Well, he used to be before he got all super nuts. Um, uh, or I, I certainly liked those movies when I was growing up. I don't know if I'd on rewatch. I'd probably still like Liar Liar because that was funny, but, um, stop breaking the law, asshole. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, when you get some legitimately funny people in a room together and you film it and, it and it turns out that works well and goes on screen, like that, there's something really good about that. Like when you can ad lib, uh, you know, actually we talked about this in, about Iron Man a million times. Iron Man, you barely had a script. It was mostly just Favs and, and, uh, uh, um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. ad libbing, uh, things that they thought Tony would say. And that movie, it, it is one of the best how yeah. Tony Stark is viewed now at this point. Yeah, it, it definitely shaped shaped the character, and and that's um you know we got a really great ad- adaptation thanks to that. And I think this is kind of the same thing with Thor. Th- this movie feels a little bit more off the cuff in a lot of ways, and it works out really well most of the time. Like again, overdid it a little bit, uh, but it's still really good. And I think the comedy really works in the movie for the most part. So even the parts that I was like, Oh man, that's not a good place for it. I still laughed. Like those are still parts I enjoyed, uh, um, that I'll probably still be talking about for a while. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's call the ball. Um, we already did the whole, you know, social media, follow us and shit. So if you want to pay us money though, to, to talk about your shit while we do the show, you can, you can hit us up as sponsors at whatever it does. You could. Yeah. Um, we definitely accept money from all, uh, sources uh even the russians at this point we, I, I think you know at this point if we took money from russia it'd just be presidential of us it's all so, right right like yeah that's it that's, seems it doesn't seem example to be a i've been shown it doesn't seem to be a problem all right guys um, it's a show so russia if you want to destabilize uh the, the america the america the united states well no that sounds russian uh <laughs> comrade Comrade, destabilization of United States. We are, uh, we are normal American citizens, just like you. You, you pay whatever show uh, some of money. We 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 love American beer, like Budweiser. Um, is is great beer, and we love the uh, what do you call uh, football? Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, das Vidanya, uh, comrades. We'll see you next week.